This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. The beer is cold and the wings are hot. You're in the sports bar with Danger and Battaglia on the Sports Leader. 95.7 FM and AM 950 The Fan. Rochester. All right, let's talk some Buffalo Bills. We are a couple days out from the first round of the NFL Draft. Clock is ticking. Matt Perino, the Syracuse Post Standard, the Shout Podcast, joins us Tuesdays at this time to talk Bills. Uh, Matt, and we, we know that also from uh, the last 24 hours that we, we have confirmation from the team. They will be back at St. John Fisher University for training camp this summer, which you know we're looking forward to. We, we know how much you and Ryan and all the Bills beat reporters love coming to the dorms and hanging out and covering the team. Are, are we... Are we working on something here? Is there collaboration happening mm. with with Rochester and and with the Bills beat reporters and with the Shout Podcast? What do we got going on, buddy? Listen, I'm just gonna say my DMs are wide open. I've put out uh, the task for Bills Mafia, uh, the Rochester chapter, to you know get into the messages, send me your best recommendations, and we're gonna start putting together uh, at least one flagship show of training camp at uh, a local establishment. Uh, I know I can count on you, Danger and Battaglia, to help facilitate uh, when we find that place. And then also there, we're working on some other stuff, so maybe some pop-up type events uh, with Wingnuts who might have a little bit of a on-the-road type of situation possible. So we're really excited. It's going to be – listen, all these one-year deals have my, have my heart hurting because I can't think of a day that training camp isn't in Rochester – but we're going to go big this year, just in case. Yeah, the one-year deal. And, I, Matt, I, I'm sure that when the stadium is open and they want to get as much uh, many people in there uh, to make as much money as possible, maybe that's when it ends. But I'm happy. People are happy here that uh, the Bills are, are coming back. That wasn't the only story yesterday. Your thoughts on Aaron Rodgers finally going to the Jets. And what do you think of the compensation they gave the Green Bay as part of that trade? Yeah, you, you you had to give that package. I mean, you, you you flip a couple spots and you you get you at least give yourself some security in the in the sense that if Aaron Rodgers, forty year old Aaron Rodgers, doesn't do the right thing this off season and come in ready to go, gets banged up again, um, you know something happens, then it's just a second round pick next year and you can figure that out. I think um, you know you're hoping that he plays and 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 they're even more competitive in the division and the conference than they were a year ago. I mean, this was a borderline playoff team last year. 
uh, with just incompetence at the quarterback position. So at the very least, you're going to get a guy that comes in here and I think at least keeps the offense steady. And their defense was so good. But the the NFL is a tricky beast because you have to kind of – I think the Football Outsiders group does a really good job tracking this year to year. You have to sometimes bake in a little bit of regression for, like, units when they have, like, a big spike like the Jets did a year ago for them to just come down just a little bit. And they come down just a little bit if every superstar wide receiver that's on their schedule, and there's a lot of them, come in there and try to, you know, put Sauce Gardner on the highlight reel uh, that night. Things can get pretty complicated pretty quick. And then if things go off the rails with Aaron Rodgers there in a New York media market, and he, he, you already know that he hates answering all those questions every week. If he's got to answer for why the Jets gave up all of this and he can't win with this ready-made roster, I think it's just got – there's some ingredients there for this thing not to work out, which is why the national talking heads that are just going absolutely wild the last 24 hours with the Jets are the best team in the AFC. Uh, I know it's April. I know it's the NFL season is its own beast, but it's there's been some comedy on the timeline. Is the ceiling as high as the AFC championship, or do you think it's a little bit lower than that, Matt? No, I think the ceiling. I, I think that if we're just talking ceiling and floor, you know, I think the ceiling, I mean, I think they can, they top to bottom, they're as good as any team in the AFC, like on paper. But you don't play the game on paper. There's a lot of little elements that can go wrong, and you've got to have the cohesiveness. The, the, the thing that the Jets have going for them is that Nathaniel Hackett and Aaron Rodgers have a history, and he, they're going to go in there, and I'm sure they've spent the last month with their heads together, like how is this all going to work with the players they have, the players that they're going to add. I'd imagine at 15 they go out and add uh, another offensive lineman to try to build uh, some protection in front of uh, Aaron Rodgers. Again, though, that offensive line isn't great. So that's another piece of this. The mobility part of Aaron Rodgers' game is has really declined. But, you know, I think that they're going to be uh, – it's going to be fun. The AFC East is going to be an absolute gauntlet now uh, for the Bills, for the Dolphins, and for the Patriots. Um, I think they can make the, – if everything goes right, sure, I think they can make the AFC East t- – or the AFC title game. And, man, I mean, I think they can make the Super Bowl. Like, am I predicting it? No. Um, I'd probably say – I'm trying not to go too much of a hot take, bold take here. But I'd almost say it's more likely they don't make the playoffs than they win the Super Bowl, if that makes sense. Yeah, yeah. no, I, I agree. Matt, like, when it comes to the Bills' approach here, does anything change or – or does this get them to you know sit up there in their chair a little easier, a little straighter, I should say, knowing that the division isn't exactly a lock here? Well, we got a chance to ask uh, Brandon Bean about this the last few times we've talked to him because this Aaron Rodgers story has been percolating. And I think they know exactly what's happening in the division and the fact that, listen, Miami closed the gap considerably last year. Um, and the Jets were, you know, beat them one time last year. And so that kind of flipped that whole dynamic. And they know what it's like dealing with Belichick. And if O'Brien figures something out with Mac Jones and they're at least competitive, I mean, this is going to be a challenge. The Bills already have a really tough schedule. I mean, they got to play the uh, the Chargers. they got to play the Chiefs. they got to play the Eagles. I mean, there's the commanders are going to be better on the road. Like, they're, they're, it's a really tough schedule for the Bills. And so, yeah, I think, I think they know what they have to do. I, I would – Listen, I'm not ruling out the DeAndre Hopkins 
scenario, right? Like, I think that, you know, if the right deal comes along, if the right situation comes along, I think Brandon Bean wants to add good players. But I don't think the, the way you react to something like this changing in the conference or in the division is to go out and just overspend for something just to kind of say I did something, right? And so, I, I don't know. I don't know how much this changes their approach the rest of the offseason. I still think he's going to be pretty steady in his approach to roster building. And, um, but we'll see. I mean, th- this is going to be Thursday night. I mean, there's a, where there's uh, smoke, there's fire usually. I've, I think I've seen three or four different people now predict that the Bills are going to get aggressive in this draft. And you wonder how many of them are hearing that, you know, there's conversations happening already. Matt, uh, with the division kind of tightening up here and, and Rodgers now with the Jets and the Dolphins doing what they did last year and kind of narrowing the gap here, is it reasonable to believe that the division champ will be the only playoff berth out of the AFC East? Um, it's reasonable, and I think it's, it's worth a conversation. I still think if I'm power-ranking AFC teams, I really like the Bills and the Dolphins in that top five. Um, I think Baltimore, I'm not comfortable putting them there. I know that they made some additions. The, the Lamar Jackson situation is still a little bit cloudy. And even with Lamar Jackson, and I know they made some additions, they, you know, they're still not, to me, a top-tier team until they are. Uh, you know, you got the Chiefs. You got the Chargers. I think the Jets are on the, on the cusp. The char- you know, the Jaguars are a team that's kind of like fringe top five, depending on how things shake out for them in the draft. But, no, I still think the Bills and the Dolphins – are two of the top four or five teams in the, in the conference. Matt Perino, Syracuse Post Standard, our guest, of course. Uh, a little more than 48 hours from now, we will have round one of the NFL draft. And let me tell you exactly what I would like to see the Bills do this year. Because if you just go through this exercise, Matt, uh, tell me just exactly what they need in this draft. Not in round one, but some point. Well, I could make the argument you could use a running back to develop, a wide receiver. I'll say two offensive linemen, two defensive linemen, a corner, a linebacker certainly, uh, two in the secondary. I count 10 guys as positional kind of, hey, let's let's fill the funnel, and you, you add in a tight end. Matt, I'm making a case here to trade down. You talked to Brandon Bean, all there's Brandon Bean last week. Does that seem like that would be if there is a deal to be made, the the preferred option here for Brandon Bean in round one? Um, I think it depends on how the board falls and how many quarterbacks go. And, you know, there's been so much talk about this wide receiver class and what's going to be there at twenty seven. What if we're living in a world where just one goes in the top twenty five? And then that could completely change the dynamic of that 27 pick because the Bills have done so much work at that position. And um, so, yeah, I, I think best case scenario, sure. I think Brandon Bean's always in the market for adding draft capital, especially in the draft where I'm actually working on a story for tomorrow. The Bills have the 26th least amount of um, draft value with their collection of draft picks in this draft. And so, you know, he's, he's got to do a lot with a little. And I think if you can add some more capital with some of the different uh, potential moves and different teams that are looking to get into the, to the first round, I definitely think you think about that, especially with that sweet spot. Like, I don't know how much of a drop-off there is from Addison and Flowers to, like, down, Downs and, like, Tank Dell, who I know a lot of people, like, it, Tank Dell is an interesting guy because there's some people that are super hot on him. Jalen Hyatt's the same way. 
some people that are super low on them. And I mean, we're talking about a round or two difference when you're talking about those players. And so I just think it's, it just comes down to what you want to accomplish, how, how if you have a, like a, a group at a position, you know, 10, 15 deep that are all kind of in the same tier, then I think you can get really um, aggressive to move back and take a, take a deal. But again, the important thing to remember there is like there's got to be a dance partner, and that's super hard to project. It's going to come down to how this thing unfolds. I've already dubbed Thursday Jack Campbell Day, Matt, just so you're aware. I mean, I, I feel like that's the guy, that's the pick. And if you do trade down, you're not trading down to the point where you're not going to be able to still get the guy that you actually want or that Sean McDermott needs to complement his defense and complete his defense in Jack Campbell. Are we still feeling like that is one area of need that maybe even supersedes the need for a wide receiver? You know, it's interesting. I, I guess it depends on what week you talk to me. <laughs> it kind of changes because I I personally really don't think that they need to be super aggressive there. I think they have enough on the roster to kind of make do with what they have. Like, whether it be, like, empowering Terrell Bernard in year two, if you really think that he could play the mic, like putting him in that spot. Um, Tyrell Dotson's played a lot of snaps, and then you went out and you got, like, the, the backup backup plan and AJ Klein who can who started a bunch of games for you and plays the guys already. So I I don't know unless you are being a McDermott, this comes back to a conversation we've had multiple times in the show over the last couple of weeks. What's your plan for the player? Are you drafting Jack Campbell to be a day one, no doubt about it, the competition uh piece? I mean, I know that they have to do their, you know, their whole song and dance about like all positions are earned and all that stuff. But are you are you drafting him to play him? Day yes. one, week one in 2023. If you are, then sure, uh, be aggressive. Even if you have a, an early second-round grade, take the guy if you have a plan for him, you like the player, you've done your work on him, and you're ready to go. The ball rolls out, and you're comfortable with him out there in some form or fashion. But, yeah, I, I just come back to I don't know how important that spot is. I know that they'd argue that it is, but they also, in their house, gave up 27 points to the Bengals at home in a snowstorm a couple months ago, and they had that position filled by one of the best in the league that does it. And so I don't know how important it is. I think, you know, they got to find some answers on the offensive side of things. And my, my viewpoint on this has evolved over the draft season. Like, I was really kind of centered in on, like, that slot receiver. And you look at Addison, Flowers, Downs, even Hyatt to a degree, and they all kind of fill that role in different ways. And looking for that, like, Cole Beasley, that – those guys that are able to run those whip routes that, you know, so many, you know, film junkies, they post those clips of and what Beasley was so good at. I'm wondering how much because of their, how much they wanted to add another tight end last off season. They brought in OJ Howard and because they wanted to run 12 personnel, but of course a blocker, but also somebody that could be a safety valve. Like you look at Michael Mayer out of Notre Dame and where he's really good. He makes big plays in that short and short intermediate area on third down. He doesn't drop the ball. He's super reliable. He's a crisp route runner. I'm wondering if, if maybe that's the value that they see in that spot and then kind of filling in something that they were trying to do last offseason that just didn't pan out. As someone who watches a little Notre Dame football, Matt, I, I would be go bonkers if they – I think you're right. I think that would help the Bills' offense out so much if they drafted a second tight end that would give uh, you know opposing uh, defensive coordinators something to think about. I'll ask you this question, Matt. When we get to week one of the 22 starters uh, that day, how many are, are drafted this weekend? One, two, three? How many? 
Ooh, that is a really good question. Um, you know, if you were, it, I'd probably set the under at over under at two and a half, and I would take the under. Uh, I just know that this regime, for as much as they talk about, it, as much as Sean McDermott is has begun his enlightenment on the the fact that in 2022, 2023, rookies play in, in the NFL from the jump. I still think that it's it's hard to teach an old dog new tricks. And and honestly, that's not even a criticism. They've done a lot of things right, not only in Buffalo, but going back to Philadelphia, what he did in Carolina, like the their their methods have worked. I mean, they turned a laughing stock of an organization for 17 years without a playoff appearance to the playoffs in five of six years, an AFC championship game, and, you know, a Super Bowl contender last year. Now, it didn't work out. There's a bunch of things that we talked about ad nauseum. But I do think that there is, you know, there's success that they've established, and I think that it's good to follow your plan. But it's, it's also important to evolve with the times. And I think McDermott knows that as well. So maybe I'd be wrong. Maybe, maybe I'd set it at two and a half, and they find three starters, you know, in this draft, and they're willing, willing to roll, and they learn some valuable lessons from the Kyer Elam experience last, last season. We'll see. Who do you want to see the most out of here post draft when we start talking about organized team activities and, and you know we 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 hope that by the time we get to training camp everybody's healthy and ready to go as as the summer progresses here Matt are you looking to see cuz you brought up Kyer Elam and I think to myself man that's somebody that I want to see more of at camp I want to see you know him make this leap from year 1 to year 2 is it still a guy like Greg Rousseau who who do you think stands the most to benefit from this offseason on the Bills roster? That's a great question. Um, you know, the, when you first started laying that out, I didn't—I wasn't thinking about it from a, through a football lens as much. I, I was probably more focused on, like, Stefan Diggs. Like, I really am going to be paying a lot of attention once he shows back or up and is around the team. Um, just the way that that season ended, the, the things that have happened since, uh, I just want to hear where his head's at and, and how things shake out with the team. But from a football perspective and like a young player perspective, I, I think Elam's going to come in locked and loaded, ready to go. I, I think that this is going to – I didn't have a huge problem with his rookie season. When he played, I actually thought he was pretty good you know, for stretches. Um, I'm looking more at that defensive line, um, and I'm looking at like Boogie Basham. Obviously, I spent some time with him out in Arizona. Um, I think that there is a real resolve – in him to make that jump, knowing what's on the line for him professionally, financially, um, reputation-wise. You know, things haven't gone his way the first two years. He doesn't. He hasn't had a role that he became accustomed to at Wake Forest, and I think he wants to establish that for himself. There's going to be probably opportunity, even if Bob Miller is ready to go to start the season. There's going to be plenty of opportunity in camp, um, in preseason, and then probably early on in the season for him to go out there and finally make the kind of splash that earns him a spot in this rotation. Uh, and I think if you pair whatever it looks like, whether it be Epinesa, whether it be Basham, if you could find one more piece on the edge, I think that they're going to, that defensive line goes to the next level. And so to me, that's where it starts more so than in secondary. Because you still got Poyer, still got Hyde. You have Tredavious White coming back uh, probably uh, better than he was with eight months, eight more months to get everything right physically. And so, uh, yeah, I'm looking at those young pass rushers and, and where they're where they're at. All right, Matt. I give you my word. There will be no uh, forced plate upon you if you want to say yes. We are here for you when you come to Rochester. How's that sound, buddy? Uh, I appreciate that. Listen, if I'm if I'm in the market for some heartburn, I know where who to call first. You mm-hmm. know, mm-hmm. and I will uh, come anywhere you want. 
for that plate. I, I got to promise you, though, that that's probably not going to happen. I like to, you know, you know, keep it all clean. Keep it all flowing. Keep keep, breathe, keep breathing well, and we're probably going to avoid the plates. I'm sorry. Body's My, a temple. Right Absolutely. Hey, Matt, what what uh, are you and Ryan working on here? It's draft week, so we know you're busy. The Shop Podcast, what's, uh, what's the plan for the rest of this week that we can check out? Yeah, we'll be locked and loaded at the site all week. Um, Ryan's got the, uh, if you want to check it out, I think it's cool. It's a cool read through. Uh, 24 of 30 top 30 visits have been um, established, reported. Uh, that's still up uh, over at the site. You can kind of check through there. We'll have, uh, Ryan just put up a mock draft. I will have a first-round mock draft that drops sometime tomorrow. We'll have a, a draft weekend preview on Thursday. We have two podcasts. We did one podcast last night, but it was so long that I broke it up into two shows, one released last night and then the other on audio uh, this afternoon. So you can jump into that. We'll have another show on Wednesday night. I mean, I mean, it is just all draft all the time on all the NYOpSyracuse.com shout channels. Yeah, Matt, appreciate it. Uh, good luck. It's going to be a busy weekend. We'll catch up with you next week. Thanks so much, Matt. Sounds good, boys. Have a great weekend. You got it. There is Matt Perino covering the Buffalo Bills for the Syracuse Post Standard. You can hear him on the Shout Podcast as well. He and Ryan Talbot doing a great job covering the team. And we look forward to talking to Matt every Tuesday afternoon at 325 to get the latest from One Bills Drive. Can I answer your question you put to Matt? Which player are you looking at? And he said Diggs, and I I agree with that. I'm going to go with a second-year player that I think has a big ceiling. If you spend a second-round pick. Cook. No doubt. 5.7 on average last year. This is somebody that could take the step where you say, my gosh, he's one of the top 15 running backs in this league. And we don't talk about that. And you had Singletary. And again, the Bills, do they really trust rookies? I don't think so. But this is somebody, Danger, that I think could take a big, big leap next year. So with your top three in the backfield of Cook, Harris, and Hines... Do you feel like you have a better backfield than you had last year to start the season with Singletary, Moss, and Cook? Yes, 100%. Uh, on every level, because Harris, I think, is somebody that is better between the tackles than Zach Moss ever was. I think Cook this year is obviously better than Cook last year. Mm. I mean, and and the Hines, okay, that's a different skill set than, than Singletary, but it's something they... They really didn't tap into last year, so that's a big unknown. Got to get him in space. Got to get him in space. Man, it was just mind-bending that they weren't able to utilize his skills more after acquiring him at the trade deadline. Just almost like coaching malpractice. Like, what are you guys doing? Get him out in open space. Uh, All right, we've got takes on tap next in the sports bar. It's time for I'll Drink to That. Yeah, I remember something Brandon Bean told us at a camp a few years ago. And I think it's a hint here, Danger, as far as if something that is unexpected, like, in other words, wait a second, the Bills didn't draft a linebacker? How can that be? I will explain because Brandon Bean, I think, is a man of his word, and I want to go back over what he told us about the corner position. I think this would apply here. And look, I love the fact that baseball has these new rules. I love the fact that college football is going to follow suit I think there's something else in, in sports in general that is going, and you're going to be reminded this week, we really, really need to cut the fat out here. By the way, tonight at Frontier, I'm sorry, at Innovative Field, uh, caught myself there, automated balls and strikes. Oh, 
ABS. Mm-hmm. Nice. Yeah. Um, we have, uh, I, I have a take, uh, it's an annual reminder really every year on draft night, we have to remind ourselves of this and coming up a six pack of best bets. You can fade or follow tonight's action in the NBA, NHL, and in major league baseball. Cause you're in the, uh, danger zone. We'll give you my favorite plays for tonight's action coming up next with I'll drink to that. You're in the sports bar. It's danger and Bataglia on the fan Rochester. Odyssey has sports for every fan. Keep up with your favorite teams from across the country and get the inside scoop from experts. A-U-D-A-C-Y. Odyssey. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s. And each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. See t